0: Welcome. This is the real estate investing mastery podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the RI network podcast. Uh, today I have a special guest, She's actually a business partner of mine. She's been on the show before. and we've got a real interesting subject that not a lot of people talk about. We're gonna be talking how we negotiated a lien from one hundred and six thousand dollars one hundred and six thousand dollars to six thousand dollars okay so we literally got a hundred thousand dollars taken off on a lien to make about twenty-five thousand on that deal all right and uh we're going to be talking kind of the the things that you can be doing to negotiate these liens what we kind of did and hopefully give you as much content as possible about that so let me bring over melissa here melissa how are you I'm good harry Good. I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on and uh, getting on the podcast and on YouTube. I know we're super busy with what we've got going on in in business, so we're gonna try and keep this short and to the point. And and it was funny, Melissa, because when I asked kind of asked you about this uh, doing liens, it's kind of boring, right? It's like a boring topic that no yeah. one really wants to talk about, but no one knows how to do. And when people understand the things that you can do to renegotiate liens down or get them cleared because you need to have them cleared before you close the property, right? And yep. there's not always equity. like everyone's probably thinking, well, yeah, if you have, equity and the seller's going to clear a $10 lien at closing, then it all works. But when you have $100,000 or there is no equity to clear that at closing, you've got to renegotiate the deal down or there is no deal,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: So tell us on on this deal, we were were due to make like $25,000, $30,000 and all of a sudden we're in closing or we're getting ready to close and boom, we get from nowhere, there's $106,000 lien on the property. So what type of lien was this and what did we do to go about clearing it?
1: Well, it was an old judgment. And so the guy had a business partner several years ago. They went out of business and it was just, it got messy. And so there was not just that one lien. That was the huge one. There were several liens that were attached to that property. And to be honest with you, I don't think the guy even knew that they were there because he had had it for a buy and hold and pay attention. They were just sitting there. So when I called him and said, hey, uh, you got a lot of liens on this property. He was like, what? And so he explained to me what happened with his business partner. I'm like, all right, well, how are we going to get this client cleared? Those at that point had judgments were in some attorney's office somewhere. they have been sitting there forever. And so he was like, I don't, I don't know what to do because the property itself was not selling for a hundred thousand dollars. I forgot how much it was, but so the lien was actually more than, than what I was, picking up the property for? And I thought, well, we're upside down out of the gate. So what are we going to do? So what I did is I, when I got a copy of the title, you know, I just called the attorney's office and said, look, here's the deal. Explain to them what was going on. And they were like, okay, so you're going to pay the hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, no, because there's not that much equity in that property. And so I ended up talking to one of their collection specialists and it took many calls and quite a bit of negotiating, but we got it down. I Got it down from 106 to six and it was just a matter of just really talking to them and explaining to them the property's not worth that much it needs a complete renovation I can get it appraised if you want me to but this is where it's sitting and they knew the area and it was just really a matter of spending a lot of time and talking to them and explaining to them what was going on and and a lot of being nice to people that weren't very nice to me because they're collections people so yeah
0: yeah yeah and I think the other thing is though as well like it's either Take your six thousand for their business or get nothing, right? Yeah, no one yeah. else was. They were gonna. It, when it when it comes down to liens like if they don't sell to you, the next person that contracts it is just gonna run into the same thing. And when you have a deal like that, it's either do you want six or do you want nothing?
1: Yeah, like, and that's kind of where we ended up. We, you know, they dropped it down in increments. So we went from hundred and six to eighty six to you know we kept going down, and finally I just said, look, here's here's how much room I've got on this. So I can give you $6,000. I know that's incredibly less than what that bill is, but he's never going to sell the property for what it is right now. It's deteriorating. It's not going to get any better unless he can sell it. So you can still put the lien against him. I don't know what else he owns. I need it off of this property. And he knew that I was going to do that, by the way. I talked to him. He's like, just get it off the property. He wanted rid of it. And so, you know, after many phone calls and and getting our closing attorney involved where he would agree to pay that amount and we had to exchange some paperwork, they agreed to it. And then he still has the lien on him personally somewhere. I don't know what they attached it to, but they took it off of that property. Once I explained to him the valuation of the property, I had to show him the tax records what the tax assessed value was and all of those things and they yeah. it, it just it just took a lot of talking and making them understand where that where it is i showed them i had the uh, Dropbox with the pictures in it like here's the condition of the property here's how much rents are collecting and then once they saw the actual value they they knew they were never going to get that out of it
0: yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people listen, though, like everyone wants to be in real estate and just have the, the easy deals. Right. Where there's like titles, clean, ready to go. You sell it, you make 10, 20 K and you move on to the next. And it couldn't have been any easier. The buyer walked in once put his earnest money up, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the reality is, yeah, <laughs> the reality is it's far from that, right? And yeah. I think sometimes, especially when you're getting into liens, you've got to be willing to be in it for the the long haul. Right. We had a yeah. meeting yesterday, we're just hiring a, you know, another acquisition as well. And we kind of we're talking about contracts and, and closing ratios and stuff. And you know, when we looked at it, we believe that if we want to do six deals a month, we need 12 contracts a month, right? So that's fifty percent. Fifty percent. So that's probably gonna give you a twenty-five percent drop off of bad location, numbers don't work, it's not a deal because we're we're locking this up without seeing it. Mm-hmm. And then you have got twenty-five percent of real reality of liens on the property, things taking months. I mean, we're close we we've we're closing one right now that's been in closing. We're going to make 25000 on this one. We've had this for four months, right? Under contract.
1: Just over four months. And and the same thing. She's got IRS lien. She's got a judgment lien. There are so many things attached to that property. And it's really just a matter of, you know, playing the game, filling out the forms, getting them to sign things, sending them in to different people, calling the attorney's office, and just negotiating that and saying, okay, well, she owes you $30,000, but we're going to close this next week. So, if we give you $5,000, you know, the property, I mean, because the property's not, and we'll do the same thing. The property's not worth that. Will you take the $5,000? Most of the time they will, if you ask. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's just like anything, any other negotiation. And people don't understand that. They "Oh, there's a $30,000 lien. Oh, so that's it. It's done. It's like, well, no, go and get it down to $2,000 and make the deal work or whatever number you need to get to to make that deal work. Because someone else behind you is either going to do it or they know know that in collections they won't get the money anyway that's really good what what are the types of liens do people come across like what do we come across and what are people going to kind of typically see when they're pulling title like what's some of the most common ones that we get to to what we have to kind of clear title on
1: uh we've had several lately that have gone into tax sale uh which happened in june and the owners actually didn't even know that they were in tax sale they say they didn't know it so, you all you've got to do is, well, for here, is just call the county and get the redemption amount. you got to do a little paperwork, get the owner to fill out some paperwork, find out who picked it up for tax sale, get the forms to them, get them to sign it. So, we, we've seen a lot of tax liens, but it, it was that, you get those at that time of year when the tax sale runs. You're going to see more of those pop. You know, we get uh, title problems where somebody's parents died and they didn't transfer the property and you have to kind of go through that process, but that's probate. That's kind of something different. We got a lot of IRS leads, uh, liens. We've got municipal tax liens, fire dues old fire dues, and a lot of times old water bills. We have a huge problem around here with you know tenants going in, not paying their water bill, and they leave with this $5,000 water bill. Water's really expensive here, and so it it adds up really fast. So we see that. So I have to negotiate those down quite a bit.
0: Yeah. So, and that's a great list, by the way, guys. If you can get the water shut off list, people that are being on the water shut off, that's a great list for you to market to if you can get Mm it um, Mm -hmm. in your area. So, what liens, Melissa, would you say are the hardest to negotiate?
1: IRS liens.
0: Yeah. Are they, do they typically, are they more firm, like they want their money, or is there still some negotiation to be done, do you think?
1: No, they will negotiate. The problem with IRS is getting in touch with somebody and have, they have, you know, 40,000 hoops you have to jump, jump through. So, you have, and you have to get all of these signed documents from the seller. And typically if I get if I look if it looks like it's going to get real deep in IRS lane, I honestly get a transaction coordinator to take me out of the middle of it cuz it's worth the $200 because that person is getting the seller's social security numbers and all of that information that I don't really want my hands on. So right. if I if I can clear that information without socials and stuff, I'll do it all day long. If you've got to get people's social security numbers because of fraud and the, how bad it is right now, I'll usually pay A transaction coordinator $200, $250, if there's a big enough spread in it, if it's worth it, and let them do that. And that takes me out of that liability. So I will tell everybody be careful. Don't get people's socials. I don't, there's just too much fraud going on.
0: Yeah. No, that's really, really good. That's a great point. And we are obviously, as we talk about this, we're not attorneys. We're not, we we can't give any legal advice either, which we haven't. I mean, we're telling you basically to get on the phone, have conversations, find out. What paperwork? So I know what everyone's thinking. Well, what paperwork do we fill out? Well, you just got to ask. What do I need to do? What paperwork do I need to to send to this person? And people, when you have conversations, will give you the paperwork that you need and who you need to send it to. You just need to get on the phone and ask questions, and the answers will obviously come back to you. So don't kind of overthink that. You know, when you're doing it. So how many of our properties would you say that we close? have liens on. Oh, I have no I have no idea and I know uh, but I'm just curious well, what do you think if you were guessing?
1: I would say at least 50% of our properties have some sort of title issue. Now, that yeah. may range from, you know, bad deeds that just had errors on them, deceased parents, liens, uh tax sale, that could So, as far as just liens itself, I would say that's probably the majority of them, but at least probably 50% of everything we pick up. I mean, we We just happen to be in a region of the country that has been kind of lax historically to get things recorded correctly. And COVID didn't help that, you know, because you had one person going into an office maybe one day for a year to try to get things done. So everything is behind.
0: Got it. Yeah. So what... I guess what would you say regarding a lot of people when it comes to marketing talks about the probate list, right? So everyone wants to do probates. They are the biggest deal, but then you've got to say, well, should you do pre-probate or it's in probate? When can we buy it? And we do a little bit of probate, right? We were just talking earlier this morning regarding like, you know, we probably need to focus on a few different lists here and, and build certain relationships uh, with people. But in the probate process, What's the best way to approach a deal that's in probate? And we might have to come up with a scenario, I guess. But like, how would people go about it if it's in probate? like, can you contract the property while you're waiting for probate to clear? I mean, what are the things that people are going to run into? What are the biggest, I guess, objections that we see in probate?
1: So the one thing, unless you're in Alabama, obviously I don't know your probate uh, laws. And so the first thing I would tell you to do is just do a little bit of research and find out what your probate laws are. As far as Alabama goes, if the uh, person has passed in the last two years, it has to go through probate. If it's beyond two years, you can get that process done without it going through probate. But there are all kind of, you know, gotchas in there. Did they die with a will? Did they die without a will? Are there, you know, did they have children? Are those children deceased? Are their children's children deceased? It can go on for quite a while. We just closed one maybe earlier this year or late last year. Honestly, I don't remember that was in probate. And the lady's husband had passed 10 years before, that's how long it had been stuck in that. They had a lot of assets. And this one property in a really good location was the last one she had to get rid of. And it's the one she was living in. She had since gotten remarried. And I had to jump through and work with the court to actually get that one closed. They knew what was happening. They didn't have a problem with it, but I had to get approval of my contract. And so she had to actually take the contract to her attorney who took it to the probate court and said, is this contract? Okay. They approved it. We signed the contract and then I had to wait for it to get through the process. But as, as it was getting through that process, had the buyer lined up. I had the buyer on the hook knowing that I don't have any control over this. It's in the probate court. I've been approved. We can close it. But until probate signs off on it, I can't guarantee it. So you're going to have to agree to ride this wave with me, which they did. And it was really just a process of talking to the probate attorney, who her probate attorney, and the clerk at the probate court, and just try to coordinate, like, where are we and kind of what's going on with it. It was a process of just getting approvals. So wow. it's really not that hard. It just takes time and The first, anytime anybody says anything to me about somebody died, especially if it's a husband or wife, the first thing I ask is how long has they been, how long, how long ago was that? Was it a year ago, two years ago, five years ago? If we can get beyond that two years, I'm like, okay, did he have children, children's children, all of those things? Because you just, those are just smart things to ask because there are, there's an airship affidavit. So let's say they died, you know, two and a half years ago, then you can go and get airship affidavits from people within that you know it's different for every state for here you need friends not directly not direct family members but friends that knew who the children of the deceased were i mean you just got to have some history so it takes a little bit of digging to do
0: and the heirship of uh, affidavit what is that for people listening
1: it's it's saying who the heirs were so let's say Like in that particular instance, they had, he died without a will. So we actually had to get some of those. So she was his wife and she had a child and then she had a grown child. And so they had to actually sign off and say, yes, I'm aware that she's selling the house and then I'm an heir to the property and I agree for that to be sold. And then the other part of the heirship affidavits is I had to get two people that were not family members to sign an affidavit which basically says, yes, I'm aware that she was married to him and these are his only children. That's yeah. just trying to substantiate that there weren't, nobody is aware of any outlying children or grandchildren somewhere that's getting cut out of an estate. It's pretty much yeah. all it is.
0: Yeah. The other big thing as well, when you're dealing with you know, probate and things that are going to come up, is that there might be multiple people involved, meaning there could be two brothers and three sisters, and then all and four of them are all on on ready to sell, and there's one that's just digging the heels and not having any of it. It will not clear. So that's when the negotiation then needs to go, well, can we get her on the phone? Can we speak to her? Can we have a conversation? What are we got to do to get her to actually sign this document? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing with probate guys and why it takes long is because a lot of family members don't get on and they will literally dig their heels just because, just to annoy everyone else in the family. And they don't really care about the money. They're just like, no, I'm not doing it because they're doing the opposite to what everyone else wants to do because they've had a family fallout. So you have to see if you can You become like the peacemaker and trying to piece everyone back together to get these things done. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I don't think there's anything that we've told you that doesn't rely a bit of research, right? Number one, as Melissa said, research what it is. How does probate work in your state? In Alabama, it's two years, but it could be different in every state. So the first thing is Google that and understand it and then get on the phone and you just have to be willing to work it. And, and you, are you prepared to do that? Most people in Alabama, and I'm only saying Alabama because we do a lot of business there, are not willing to go through the hoops to make the money. So when you make 25 grand, well, how did you do that? I just got on the phone and had conversations. It's not rocket science, and you don't need to be an attorney. Melissa comes from a 35-year uh, paralegal background, so she has the lingo when she speaks, right? But when I do it, I act like I'm as dumb as a brush, right, and you're just having conversations. Like, hey, I got this person over here. I got this. What forms do I need? What do I going to file to get it done? So you don't need to know any, anything. You just have to be willing to have do the work and you will get through it by asking questions. And then, go, oh, you need to send this to there and you need to do that. OK, great. You go and do that. Then it's now what? And you figure it out as you go. You've just got to be willing to do it. And most people with liens are not willing to do it. But when you negotiate them, they're some of your biggest deals Mm -hmm. right the biggest deals we made 25 grand from 100 grand lean what if we would have got it down and we were making 80 grand and we got 100 grand off right Mm i mean it could have gone either way there so just for something that people need to think about, you've got to be willing to have conversations, build relationships. And there's nothing worse than like people are trying to figure out what a mortgage broker does, right? If you're doing creative finance, like, I'm not a mortgage broker. So let them do their work. I'm not an attorney. Let them do their work. What that you're paying them to do You don't need to know everything. You just need to know how to communicate to get it done. That's how I would say it. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, and most attorneys, if you just ask, your closing attorney will tell you if you ask, one, they know you're going to do it and they're not going to have to. So uh, nine times out of 10, if you just ask your closing attorney, all right, because if, if he comes back and says, oh, we got this probate issue. All right. What do I need? What do I need to do to clear that? I'll do it. Because if you're relying on somebody else to do it, it's probably not going to get done. So just ask them. They'll tell you. You don't have to know. And it, it, when you're negotiating the stuff, to be honest with you, you're right. I've been in law for 30 plus years. So I understand the process. I've done it and I know how to speak their language. But for those who don't not knowing and being honest and playing stupid and just throwing yourself at their mercy, you're going to get a lot further with them anyway. It's like, I'm really sorry. I just don't know. Can you please help me? Like, you know, and a lot of people don't like to ask, would you please help me? I really, and and admit, I just, you know, because it makes you feel like you're stupid and you don't know what you're doing. But to be honest with you, if you're putting yourself under that person and you're elevating what they think they know, they're going to be more apt to help you. I mean, that's just the way it goes with sellers, buyers, negotiating liens or anything else. I can get around it because I have that experience. But if you don't, you don't need it.
0: You really don't. And, and people, if you're likable, they're willing to help you, right? Mm-hmm. And Melissa's right that, that no one wants to know it all, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that thinks they know what they're doing when they don't know what they're doing, they're going to be like, I ain't got time for you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Right? So coming in and just being normal, having a conversation, asking for help, asking that you're willing to do anything, you're willing to fill anything out, you'll do exactly as they say. You just need some guidance on what to do. And nine times out of ten, they're going to help you. They really, mm-hmm. really are. And hopefully, listening to this, if one of you get a lien cleared because of this and make some money, then obviously, we've done a job by, uh, by, yeah. by kind of telling you what to do. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. Just on a, on a side note, so that's kind of you know talking about liens. Other thing I just want to touch on real quick here before we, we get done is um, we made some transitions in the business as well uh, to start buying a lot more property in this market. And uh, I suggest if you, anyone listening to this is experienced, you need to be looking for private money, okay, and you need to be taking these deals down because if you want to stop making your 10s and 15s, $1,000 spreads on your wholesale deals, again, which is nothing to, to, which is great. All right. But you already, the art of this business is finding discounted properties. uh, If you're wholesalers and rehabbers and you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. Okay. Okay. So if you've already put the effort in, you've already got that lien cleared, right? You've gone through all of that to make 15,000. What if you could purchase that property and stick it on the MLS and make 40? What if you could buy that property and stick 40,000 in and make $65,000 on that property, right? Because remember, Them moves, in our opinion, and I will speak for both of us here. I think is the work has already been done. Mm -hmm. The the, the art of finding the deal is where you make the money. So once you've got the deal, don't get lazy. We're we're renowned for it, okay? So we're no better. We get lazy and go, "Oh, it's fifteen grand. Let's just do it." But what if we just buy it and just turn around, put five grand in it, stick it on the MLS, and make forty? Why wouldn't you do that? And that was kind of like, look, what are we doing here? Like, we have the ability to find this kind of properties. Why aren't we capitalizing on it, especially with the wholetailing, especially with the market and the flips? And our biggest challenge, okay, right now is deciding, this is just pure honesty, is deciding when should you wholetail, when should you flip, right? Yeah. And that is the moving target <laughs> for us of when yeah. you should do what. Because this market is insane. Like, I'll give you an example real quick. Like, what are you talking about? So, you buy a property, and I can put five thousand in and list it within a week and get make forty thousand dollars, right? Or am I going to put forty thousand in? It's going to take me eight weeks. Then I'm going to list it and I'm going to make forty five thousand dollars, right? So you're probably mm-hmm. thinking, well, yeah, just take the forty. But sometimes you don't know. Is it going to get bid up? So you have to look at locations and and there. That's where we're at now in business, Melissa. I mean, you can add on this, but that's our discussions. Like, when should we flip? When should we hold tail? How much should we put in? What finishing should we do for the area? Because it's just a moving target. What what, what do you think on it?
1: Yeah, so (laughs) I like the pretty things. And so I fight that. And it's hard. You know, the one that we have in closing now after we flipped it, I put too much money in it. I 100% did. And I look back at it now, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I didn't have to put that much money in it. But you just, you have to be careful. It's easy to get carried away. You know, I wanted the really pretty high-end courts because it was going to make the house look like I would want it to look. I did yeah. not take into consideration the crazy market right now. People just want countertops. They're not worried about white courts. And the funny thing is, is my, my GC is actually the one that said, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, stop me.
0: Yeah.
1: So the ones that we're doing now... I'm literally- Look, Let me just there. say,
0: though. Let me just say one thing, though. And this is really important. Yes, we overspent. Yes, we put blew the budget. We did all of them things. But, but we still should oh, make yeah. around $28,000, $27,000 yeah. yeah. on it. So yeah. when we say we did that, the only reason this deal works is because we bought at the right price. That's right. the only reason. Right. And most of you listening to this- would have not bought at the right price. And now you're upside down in a property that you've got to mm-hmm. sell and you are going to bring 20 grand to the table. Right. Right. So yeah. we're making 28. We should have made probably 60. Mm-hmm. So we overspent by 30 grand, let's say, but we still made 28 grand. And that's the only reason because we bought, right. I just wanted to identify that. So now yeah, it was a good lesson.
1: Is- Cause I, I mean, we're making, so we're not losing money. And I, I, you know, for me, it was, uh, oh, I got to correct that. Um, Because it's an easy mistake to make. You get in there and you, and it was in a good area, but you just see all of these things. And it's easy not to pay attention to, oh, I'm spending $200 on that fixture instead of $65 on that fixture, because it's the little things. But when you get to the end of the budget, you're like, oh crap. So yeah, it's easy to do. It, It was a lesson. We're still making money. And so we're okay in that, but I, you know, I learned going forward because we had that conversation. I was like, okay, I got to, I have to get better at wholesaling because right now the market doesn't demand me to do the high-end flips. A couple of years ago it did, but now it doesn't. So you just, you got to be able to pivot with that and change. And that's something that I'm learning. And, you know, so instead of putting $5,000 worth of quartz in the house, you're going to get $1,800 of granite. That's just as pretty, it's just not as expensive. Just, you know, just making some minor changes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a few tips there, guys, that you should be looking at, again, bringing private money in, which is yeah. a whole nother episode. We could talk about that. Buying, taking down your deals that you know are deals and trying to expand on them profits because you, you'll, you've already done the work. You've already negotiated the lien. You've done all them things, okay, to uh, to, to get the deal. So.
1: And one other thing, the negotiation doesn't end just because you've got it locked up with the seller. Let's say you got it locked up with the buyer. You've negotiated those liens down. Everybody's happy. One last negotiation needs to happen. Hey, Mr. Seller, I got all these liens knocked down. But, you know, I had to put all this work into it. Is there any way you could drop that? Just $5,000. And they see that. well, And I, it just happened to me is why I know we've got one in closing. And I went back to the seller and I said, look, and this one had $33,000 worth of liens on it. And I said, look, here's the deal. I'll get these liens knocked down to so that I can make it work. They wanted rid of the property, but I need it for this instead of that, because in order for me to take care of these liens and to get those liens off of you, and so they want to attach it to any of your other assets, I really need that lower. And then I went yeah. back to the buyer and said, hey, I've had to do all this stuff. Could you jack that up $5,000? And he went up 3000 So we just built in another $8,000 and they're walking out. The sellers are, they're not making any money, but they're getting rid of liens.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So really, really good. Negotiate, have conversations, not rocket science. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know how to pick up a phone and talk and ask questions, ask for help and get through it. Well, look, Melissa, I appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on. I know it's crazy right now. Have a good weekend. Happy birthday as well this weekend. Thank you. you. And, guys, we'll talk to you soon. If you're interested in working with me, by the way, go to reinetwork.com slash join, reinetwork.com slash join. These are the conversations that we cover on our calls on how to actually get through and actually close deals as well. Um, So we can definitely help you with that. So go to rinetwork.com slash join. All right, Melissa, appreciate it. And I will see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk
1: to you soon.